You're listening to The Upland Rookie, a podcast presented by Onyx Hunt, Final Rise, and Anookshook Professional Dog Food. And welcome to episode 89, part two of my conversation with David Stover from Faith in the Point Kennels. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Upland Rookie Podcast. I'm your host, Will Larson, and this is part two of my conversation with David Stover. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed part one. Uh, we're going to dive back in here in just a second. With But first, got to thank Onyx Hunt for sponsoring this podcast, Onyx Hunt. Guys, I, I've been using it for I don't know how long, honestly. Um, I think they were out for a few years before I started using them. Um, it has been a game changer. It is, I believe, a critical part of hunting, period, <laughs> period. Uh, whether you hunt big game, elk, mule deer, bear, whatever, or you hunt upland birds like I do, or uh, turkey, whatever it might be, um, Onyx Hunt helps you find and open up thousands upon thousands upon thousands of acres of publicly accessible land. Is awesome. It is uh, such a great tool. Uh, an app right on your phone, on your iPad, computer, website. Uh, they also have an Apple CarPlay uh, app now as well. So some integration right into your, your car. You can pull up the whole Onyx map, see all your waypoints, boundaries, all that good stuff through Onyx Hunt. You have to check it out if you're not on there yet. OnyxHunt.com. Promo code ROOKIE20 is going to save you 20% on your Onyx subscription today so head on over there uh anook shook professional dog food anook shook i cannot say enough about them their food their quality their customer service and company uh, they've been incredible not only to work with uh, through the sponsorship of the podcast but it's a product i believe in um, i want you guys to know every single product every single company i work with uh, something that I personally use and personally believe in. And Anook Shook is no different. Um, they're putting out some high quality dog food that um, I just feel really good about giving my dogs. They've been performing well. They look great. They feel great. Um, they, they hunt hard and they have the energy and nutrition to do that. Um, we ask a lot of our dogs and I, I want to feed them what I believe is going to be best for them. So if you have not checked out Anook Shook yet, uh, check them out. Look for a trusted reseller in your area and, uh, and give them a look. Uh, also want to mention Final Rise. Final Rise, uh, rocking their premium upland gear, uh, rocking their summit vest since the beginning. I have one of the original vests. Maybe, maybe one of the first 100 vests. I'm not sure. I should ask Matt. Um, summit vest. Guys, oh, I just freaking love it. I'm I'm looking at it right now. It's just freaking awesome. Um, it's not the vest that had the dead quail in it. My sidekick vest had the dead quail in it. Um, and that's the one that stinks still. So I still need to wash that. No, I've not cleaned it yet, um, but I will. Matt sent me some instructions on, on how to wash it and, and clean it and care for it. So I will do that. But uh, guys, final rise, um, they got uh, some sweet gun cases, gloves, um, vests, some merch, some hoodies, all that good stuff. Uh, they're rocking and rolling over there. Finalrise.com. Head on over. All right, we're going to jump in. Um, hey, I, I, I got a question. I got a question. This is a hot button topic, and I'm not just saying it because it's a hot button topic. Um, I also forgot my hard seltzer. It's about 15 feet away from me right now, and should I go get it or should I leave it? I'll leave it. I'll keep rolling here. 
very tempting. I opened it a little bit ago, set down on my gun safe, and now it's it's out of reach. Anyways, uh, I'm getting a little distracted here, but Garmin collars, Garmin collars. Uh, I've been looking at the new the new collars they have, and they look pretty sweet. Oh, they look really sweet. Um, I know they got the new uh, Alpha unit out for the handheld, longer battery life, all that good stuff. So um, I have mini collars right now. They've been good. They haven't haven't given me trouble, except one of them. Um, so I'm, I'm considering making the switch to the the bigger, newer collars. Uh, I'm a tech junkie. I love tech. I love gear. Um, so I'm very tempted. Has anyone made the switch yet? Does anyone have experience with the new Garmin collars that launched a couple months ago? If so, how are they? Do you like them? Worth the investment? Let me know your, your thoughts. Also, if I go that route... Let me know if you need a couple of mini collars. <laughs> I got I got a couple a couple Garmin uh, TT15 minis. Uh, I'd be willing to part with possibly. So, anyways, if you have the new Garmin collar, let me know how it is. What do you like? What do you do not like? Um, again, I, I haven't done a ton of research yet, but from what I have seen, I am very curious on jumping up to the new collars they just released. So, love me some Garmin. Um, other than that. I've gotten some questions and I have not talked about it on the podcast yet, but I've gotten some questions on Macadoodle. Macadoodle. Uh, Mac is no longer in our household. No. Uh, I ended up selling Mac to uh, a buddy, uh, an acquaintance of a, of a friend. Uh, a friend of mine put me in touch with someone down in Arizona who really wanted Mac. And uh, it was a good fit. Um, he was looking for Mac, uh, a dog like Mac out of his lines and um, ended up parting ways with Mac. Mac was a great dog. He is doing phenomenal. Just talked with his new owner today, actually. And he's doing great. He's, uh, he's, he's, he's going through their training program really, really well. He's going to be uh, somewhat of a guide dog down, for, uh, down in Arizona for Arizona Quail. And, uh, so I'm, I'm pumped of where he went and, uh, it was just a personal decision. Um, really just, again, he's a great dog, just, um, where we are in life right now. I, I think I'm content with two. So I went down in dogs, um, but he went to an incredible, incredible situation where he is going to thrive and, uh, he's going to hunt his little heart out. <laughs> so, um, uh, I'm pumped for him. I'm pumped for his new owner. Who's, uh, who's getting to train him up already. And, um, so it was Again, some people, some people have feelings on this. Some people feel strongly. How, how could you part with a dog? Well, I did and I feel great. (laughs) So there is that, uh, everyone's got different feelings, opinions on it. Um, yes, dogs are part of our family. I love my dogs. I love Wynn. I love Gage. Um, they are on my no sell list. They've proven themselves to me, um, that they are dogs that I want around. Not saying Mac was a, a, a bad dog in any way, um, more of a, a personal decision for us and our situation in our house and just lifestyle right now. Um, that was the determining factor for him. Um, but I, I also view dogs, hunting dogs as, um, somewhat of a, this is going to sound, this is going to sound harsh, brace yourself, somewhat of a tool. Um, I, I think dogs have their place as friends and companions and whatever you want to call them. Some people call them their kids. I know it's crazy. 
Um, but I also view my dogs as a, a tool for a hobby that I really, really enjoy. I love bird hunting. I love exploring new areas on public land. It, I'm all about it. I think it's awesome. I, I will do it till the day I die. Um, but also I don't get too, I want to really emphasize the word too attached to my dogs. Okay. Um, so that's just me. Everyone's going to feel different. Everyone's going to feel they have dogs who they would never sell. I feel differently. I have dogs that I don't get super attached to, and I think they'd be better off somewhere else. And that's me. That's my decision. And you may feel differently on it, but, uh, that's kind of where we are with Macadoodle. Again, he is in a great, uh, great environment, hunting his heart out. And I think he's going to do really, really well, uh, this season coming up here down in Arizona. So, that's uh that's mac again i've been fielding a couple questions on that people are like oh you don't talk about mac anymore well that's because he's not in our house anymore so anyways that is that guys um that's really all i wanted to update you on i have an announcement for you guys but i can't talk about it just yet i know i'm sorry um i think after july 1st i can so stay tuned got uh actually got two big announcements yeah, got two coming your way. Uh, coming up July 1st, I, I believe I can talk about both of those. So stay tuned. Um, but until then, we're going to jump back into part two of uh, my combo with David. So enjoy. I think that's super smart. Um, one thing I was going to ask you, a couple training questions, if you don't mind. We're going to kind of go in some training things and really just get, I kind of want to pick your brain. What are some things you do? Um, so, uh, you know, of, of course, we're not saying this is the, you know, the end all be all, but curious about how you do things um do you do any any clicker training with with dogs in the kennel or have you done anything with clicker training yeah we do early on um if we get especially if it's a pup out of our breeding where we're keeping to train for a period of time like mr cooper who just left today um the two that we kept and depending on the, the age and kind of where if we get a young pup in to to do a start in the field depending on what the owners have done um Something I do try to do either, you know, a clicker verbally or, or cue is mark not just the, the positive stuff, but the negative stuff as well. Hmm. Um, so, you know, a simple at, right, is so if that dog knows if, you know, my, my buddy Rocky's coming off the place board over here and I give him at, it's marking that as a, sure. hey, yeah, I, don't, I don't move. Um, but at the same time, you know, when they're younger, when they do what you're supposed to, I'll mark that as well. Um, we typically, you know, pretty quickly will transition uh, after they start to pick it up, transition from a clicker and, you know, kind of move past that. Um, but it, it is something that we have used and, and sure. do use from time to time. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, one thing I was going to ask you about is can you talk about um, examples are always hard sometimes because you're going to, like you said, you've had dogs that are all over the spectrum. But let's just right. take a, a, an average dog that has no, a young pup, let's say. And you're going to introduce it to birds. Um, what's kind of your process for introducing, you know, let's take a, I don't know, five month old, six month old dog, introducing them to birds. What, what would be kind of your process of, of introing them to birds? So for me, I, I like slow is steady. Slow is, is you know, alarmy kind of stuff, right? And it's, you know, take our time, do it slow. Um, a lot of times, because I don't, I've seen it in the, in the past, you get a dog in the field and, you know, it's not sure what it's smelling for. It's just kind of running along and it finds something, a scent that it likes, bird flushes in its face. And then it, it you know, can, the potential there to scare the bird. I, I've had it happen to our own pups. Sure. Um, 
you know, and seen it out of other dogs and heard of it a lot as well. So typically what I'll do is a very controlled in the yard. I'll, you know, hobble a, a quail, put it under a kit cage, let the dog sniff around on it, play with it. You know, I'll have it on a, a, a string and kind of let them chase it around. Um, and then once they've kind of gotten okay with that, okay, it's the scent of a bird, you know, let a mouth on it some, play with it. Um, then I'll transition over into a, an actual pigeon and, you know, hold the dog kind of close proximity, loving it. So it feels safe, secure, confident. And I'll kind of throw that bird up so they can, you know, wing flush pigeons, well, bigger than a quail. Sure. Um, and usually you'll, you'll kind of see them kind of, you know, hold on, what was that? <laughs> and, um, you know, so after a few times of that, then, you know, they're, you throw it and they're chasing it on, on down the way. And then, excuse me, then after that, we'll transition over into the field and, I pretty much from that point on, after I see that a dog has, you know, that, that bird dog prey drive to them, I'll leave them on a check order with a half itch pretty much mm. for the next several weeks in the field because I want them to me to be able to have that positive control over them. Sure. And when they, they hit that scent cone, when they go in that point, I don't want them to to rush in and, and you know, break that point to, to go after that bird until I'm ready for it too. Sure. Um so kind of hold that back and, and maintain that prey drive too. Um, through doing that is this kind of where my philosophy on it, yeah. you know, the way I've done it. Um, but it doesn't always work that way. I had a dog in a while ago that um, actually almost a year ago, I guess the the owner trains Malinois for police departments and okay. tried to train a short hair the same way he does with the Malinois. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> yeah. There was a, a high amount of stem that came from an e-collar because the dog, they were on just a walk in the park and the mm-hmm. dog tried to chase a bird and he lit it up and, I tried dog was, was bird shy, mm. terrible. And so try to figure out how can I do this and, sure. you know, tried the, the normal introductions. Like I, I just talked about and the dog was just still just scared to death. Yeah. So it took three days of me taking that dog into my flight pen and stirring the quail and the pigeons up. And I'm wow. like, never in my life did I ever think I would have a dog in my flight pen, sure. but, <laughs> but you had to, it to kind of overcome the, yeah. the fear side of it. it. It did. And it, you know, kind of, I, I think just, overwhelmed and desensitized to all of that. And next thing you know, that when it started trying to catch them and jump up and get them, I was like, okay, we're good. You oh, wow. can't come in here anymore. Yeah. And then, you know, kind of a one time special deal. Now. <laughs> yes. yeah, I was like, don't tell any other dogs. That we did this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. That's funny. Can you, uh, can you talk about, um, you know, kind of the, the wind direction, um, the importance of wind direction when you're, when you're training, uh, a, a, let's just say a young dog. Um, I think a lot of people's thought is, and maybe you have different thoughts on this, but you know, let's say you plant the bird uh, up, upwind and you walk the dog directly into it. Can you talk about, do you, is that the best case to do? Is it best to come, come crosswind for the dog? Just talk a little bit more about the importance of, of wind direction. Yeah. I, I think that one, it depends on the dog, depends on the scenario. And you know, it's because that's what I do. It, or what I do may not be, be the right answer. And there's sure. probably a thousand other people say, nah, he's wrong for me. Um, I don't necessarily, unless it's early on a, a pup and I'm trying to teach them what they're looking for. Very seldom will I ever try to put one straight into and walk it into the, into a bird. I want it to be a natural hunting. I want them to get out and quarter. Um, and then, and I will kind of use the, the wind, you know, to my benefit, depending on which direction it's coming from and the dog with their quartering and what their pattern looks like, if, if they're even quartering at all. Um, and, you know, I always like to try to put them, 
into a crosswind if I'm if I'm moving away to give them the ability to, you know, as they're coming across to kind of differentiate, okay, hold on a minute. That was different. Sure. And, you know, kind of work back into that. Um, you know, if I'm doing, you know, we train a lot for the NAVDA stuff too, NAVDA, especially the natural ability, the tracking phase. Now that is, I'm real big on wind direction when we're, you know, initially starting. And then as we progress through the the training um, program for a tracking thing, then I will continually shift around Mm -hmm. to, you know, make the wind conditions more difficult for the dog to be able to track that bird. Um, But early on, it's, you know, I think that right now I told the gentleman that came pick up Mr. Cooper this morning that grass is tall, it's green right now, and it's just terrible hard for a dog to find, you know, when it holds the scent, wind coming through it is taller, it's swirling. It, it makes it difficult on a young dog. But what I've seen is training them in that has, you know, come fall time, those dogs are know what they're looking for and they can use the heck out of those noses. Um, so... I guess kind of like relate it back to, you know, my, my career is, you know, train hard and, you know, makes everything else easy, mm. um, kind of deal. So absolutely. Absolutely. Um, this is one thing I, I don't hear a ton about, or I haven't heard a ton about, uh, at least talked about, um, let's, let's take a more seasoned dog. Who's, you know, been through a few seasons. Uh, maybe they even have some awards, titles, whatever it might be. Are there things you still want to do with those dogs throughout the year to kind of, kind of keep them tuned up? is planting pigeons kind of are, are, are certain dogs past that. Um, so what do you do for some of your, your more seasoned dogs throughout the summer, especially to keep them kind of, kind of sharp? Yeah, no. And that's a, a really great question. And we're, um, you know, something I, I kind of harp on a lot for us. I say all the time that every interaction you have with the dog is the ability to either, you know, reinforce or instill a good or a bad habit. Hmm. And so for us, I mean, even just in the home, things that you do correlate into things we do in the field when it comes to steadiness per se. Mm-hmm. So for us, dogs, they need to go out the back. Well, you know, they'll sit there and wait, open the slide glass door, wait. They're not going out until I release them and then same pro- process back in. Mm-hmm. When we feed them, I'll fill a bowl, set it in front of them, make them wait until I tell them, okay, hey, you know, okay, you give them the release command and then they can eat it. Um, but I think those things build into, you know, if, if you want a dog to heal, to retrieve a bird to you and your, you know, non-firing hand and a good heel position every time, if you're summer months, you're out throwing a bumper for it, you know, don't, don't accept that dog dropping the bumper at your feet or, you know, trying to play keep away from you or coming straight in and giving it to you. Those things I truly believe and feel help you know, solidify the things that we do in the field with them. Um, so I, I think that just overall interactions in and around the house are huge to maintain that. And then throughout the summer, I think it is important, you know, everybody said a million times birds make bird dogs. Right. But I think there is still that exposure that that's important. Um, I know that I believe and, and know that our dogs and most dogs that I've, I've seen come through here, they get smart on the pigeons yeah, I've got dogs that'll hold like a rock, look like a, a champ on a pigeon, you know, but put a quail in front of them and it's something completely different. Sure. They, they know that the pigeons, I'm not going to kill one over them. So they'll, they'll do what they're supposed to do. Sure. Um, so I, I think that you, there is, there's still benefit to them. 
all right, to use during the summer. But I also think that if you can, if you have the availability or means to get a hold of quail, yeah. that use them, but use them again properly. Don't mm-hmm. don't let it be a ah, let me show you what my dog can do, you know, in the backyard and you, kind use of them responsibly, right? Yes, there we go. <laughs> Use the use the quail responsibly. Um, <laughs> yeah. will, will you um, will you just do maybe less reps with with those more seasoned dogs just to kind of give them something throughout the summer as far as bird work goes? It, no, we, we do. We we kind of dial it back. It's not. Um, well, I would like to say that, but it it's really not. We I actually do more training with our dogs through the summer just because we're also in the middle of test season. Oh, sure. And so trying to get them ready to, to go to the next test. Um, July, there's typically a big break in NAVDA and AKC side of things. And then August, it'll hit the ground running again all the way through October. And then you're right into the, the hunting season. Sure. Um, so no, we, we do run ours more in the training field a lot in the summertime than we do, you know, winter, so to speak. But there is, you know, a difference in, in the reps and what we're kind of doing and, you know, a real focus on the steady piece of it, mm. really good opportunity to work some backing and honoring and that kind of um, stuff in a, in a controlled environment, sure. as opposed to, you know, it's, it's always a different monster when you get out in the field and you're actually chasing birds, especially wild birds, Yeah, right? There's you know, the ability to be able to control some of that to make sure that there's you know, a training value is just not there. Sure. Um, so try to replicate as much as we can out here in the field, Know, to get ready for the test and then you know into the season absolutely are you uh you a believer in uh, pigeon launchers or bird launchers for training birds I know some people are for them some people are people <laughs> against them they have lots of feelings lots of opinions where, where do you where do you fall on the uh, bird launcher debate they <laughs> they are a tool <laughs> and as with all tools sometimes you need a sledgehammer sometimes you need a, a ball peen sometimes you need a, a a flathead screwdriver sometimes you need a phillips right so I, I think that there is benefit to them um, if used, again, used responsibly, right? Um, know your dog, know what you're trying, the goal you're trying to, what you're trying to train, what is sure. the outcome, the goal that you're looking for in that training session. Um, and by all means, yeah, they, they are an awesome tool if used properly. But I have, have seen people launch them, you know, dog's nose over top of them and get hit by the launcher and, sure. You know, or even the, the noise alone for a young pup is is enough to startle them, and then they they correlate that hmm. that fear from that noise and that that pop sure. to to that bird. Um, so I think that you know, yes, we use them uh, you know pretty often, um, various points in the training, whatnot. But also too, there's also dogs and times when I won't even pull them out of the barn. I'll just sure. leave them there, and that's what what we're gonna go with. Yeah, yeah, love it, man. They are a tool. I love, I, 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 we can't <laughs> stress that enough. I'm sure it's a, it's a tool. Some people love it. Some people don't. It's, it's, you know, do your thing. <laughs> do your thing. <laughs> it's like, don't hate on other people just for, you know, for using a tool they think works. So, yeah. Um, transitioning a little bit to, uh, kind of the trial side, testing side, what kind of, what kind of led you down that road? I know you're pretty involved in, in some of the, the tests and trials and that, um, what kind of led you down that, that path of, cause that's a whole nother side. There's, there's the hunting bird dogs, hunting, then there's a trial world and the test world. Yes. That's a whole nother rabbit hole. What, what led you down there? It is completely, you're right. Completely different for me. It was, um, kind of a couple different things. It was the ability to, to meet and learn from and kind of hang out with other bird dog lovers and other people that, you know, work and or train with dogs. Um, 
Another thing too was a, a way for us to validate what you know our training methods and what we're doing with the dogs in the field, and then also too to our early back in this conversation where it's the ability for us to kind of prove that hey our dogs and our breeding are, are able to go out here and perform you know under you know uh, you know judgment and, and sure. being evaluated for what they're doing and how they're doing it and so forth and, and that trainability there um, so that's kind of what you know the reason we decided to go with it and we looked at um, you know NAVDA Versus AKC and both sides, you, you've got a large population. We'll do just NABDR, just AKC. Sure. We want to do both. Um, I think that when you start looking at all of the various you know tests and trials that are out there, those two go together closer than than pretty much any of the other ones do because mm. you're still looking for the steadiness. You're still looking for. Are you, sir, are you talking um, about uh, NAVDA and AKC hunt test? Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. 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 And so a lot of the judgment is the same on the field portion. Yeah. Now you get into the, especially UT side, you get in some waterfowl or whatnot, sure. but um, if you're training for one, you might as well go ahead and you can train for both of them at mm. the same time. In, in a lot of ways, they just, they correlate so well. Sure. Um, and so that was the thing. And then as we you know look forward, as I mentioned, trying to you know broaden that that scope and aperture a little further again and kind of move towards the um you know field trialing horseback you know foot kind of stuff um just to challenge ourselves and you know hey where what else do i need to to work on as, as a handler as, an, as a trainer as an owner to, to make myself and the dogs better so yeah Will you, uh, client dogs who you're, you're working, um, if it's their goal to go down those roads, will you, will you test their dogs? Will you run their dogs in a hunt test or, or NAVDA event? I sure will. Yes, sir. Yep. Actually, um, this year or last year. Yeah. Yes. 100%. Yes, we do. I, I've done a few and I'm scheduled to do a few more this year coming okay. in August, September timeframe. Okay. Um, something I always offer there's for our pups, our breeding, we, and it's a choice, right? And people love it. People hate it, whatever. We solely placed our dogs into hunting homes. And part of our deal is we put them out under a limited registration for the first 24 months um, pending. And at 24 months, they'll, we'll lift that if they've gotten some health testing done and registered with OFA okay. and run them in either AKC or NAVDA okay. um, side as well. And then with that, we'll give a, you know, a refund or rebate, whatever you want to call it to kind of help offset some of the costs for entrance to, because okay. oh, cool. they're not cheap. No, no, they're um, not. Kind of <laughs> motivate them to, to do that. But it yeah. also too, it's, it's, we understand that it benefits us on the breeding side for, yeah. you know, us to have produced dogs that are tiling and that are competing and so forth. Sure. Um, so yeah, we, we definitely do. And for those, for our pups, definitely we'd say, Hey, look, if you can bring them back, I'll train them if you want. And if, you know, you don't have the experience or, you know, just want me to handle them in these hunt tests, I'm more than happy to do it for you. Sure. Set it up. That's, that's cool. And then I know you mentioned, um, mentioned kind of, kind of going, starting to go down the horseback trial side with the AKC. Um, is that something you've done yet or are, are about to enter into? And, and I guess why, why the motivation for that side? Cause that, that's pretty different, right? Than a, than a hunt test and a NAVDA. Yeah, no, we, we have yet to, to step foot into the field. Um, so it's kind of one of those nerves. And, you know, we spent a lot of time getting the horses and dogs together and, and working them. And I, 
really, really good place. I think that we've, uh, we've got the a huge opportunity ahead of us and sure, you know, Lord willing, a, <laughs> a good future, <laughs> but it was just, you know, that it is, it's different. Um, and as we look through and get dogs titled out and, you know, progress through the AKC sides, like, okay, well, what's next? What's over the horizon? What can we do to challenge us, challenge the dogs? Um, but also too, we realize that the, you know, we've got dogs that hunt closer and we we've worked with AKC now decide, but you know, once we get on a horse, I need those dogs to range. So again, that, that kind of led to, a to another mm. little growth in our, <laughs> our string of dogs. Cause I wanted dogs that are going to be able to push out sure. and, and run. So, yeah. Did you have to, st- or, or will you start breeding differently for that? Thinking about bigger running, bigger ranging dogs, is that going to affect any of your breeding plans or, or lines that you look at? Not at the moment, um, potentially, you know, down the road, never say never kind of deal. Um, but, but at the moment, no, I I think that with our, our dogs, um, that currently we've been running again, it goes back to that, that switch and you want them to know what they're supposed to be doing kind of deal that, you know, our white, uh, liver male Rocky that was out of our breeding, um, just a superstar and he's a really good foot hunting range dog. But as soon as I get back up, up on that horse, he, he knows, and he gets mm-hmm. on out. Now he checks in pretty frequent, which, you know, we're, which I'm okay with, but also too, I need him, you know, as we progress through him to understand that it's okay. If I'm up here on this horse, to, watching to go you for a while out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we, we may switch over and kind of look at redoing some breeding stuff in the future, but as of right now, breeding as a whole is just not a, a, a huge thing for us. It's, you know, we want to do it when we put dogs out, but there's a lot of time involved in it. And when we do it, we want it to be special, not just another litter, but a litter, Um, you know, because we do, we invest in ultrasound machines and, you know, we go the full nine when it comes to, you know, the breeding side of things. I'm checking heart rates on pups and I'm, you know, and it's. It's an endeavor. I've heard it's a, it is a true endeavor to do it well. Like you're talking about, Mm -hmm. not just cranking out four or five litters a year, you (laughs) know, like some, some people will do and that's, that's fine, whatever. But, um, yeah, I think it's smart to just, yeah, make them, make them special too. I mean, you're going to, it sounds like you're going to breed when you know you have the the right pairing, the right, right dogs of what you're going to produce. So. Yeah. Kudos to you. Um, have you run in any, have you run in any natural events or have you kind of went down that path at all? Or has that been an event you, uh, you haven't done yet? No, I haven't. Um, and I don't know that we will. I, I'm actually a member of AMO Conservation Bird Dog Club here out in Indiana. And it's kind of where NASTRA got its start, actually. Mm-hmm. If, if yeah, I know, and they're the, pretty big in the uh, Midwest. I know that, that Indiana, Illinois yeah. area. So, Yeah. And um, so we're members out there. Um, I, I don't run with them. To me, uh, in the conversations that I've had with them, I think that just you know, and people refer to it be it be it horseback field trial on foot, be it whatnot. You know, we without trying to demean it, right? It's all a game, right? Sure. It's it's what game are you going 100%. to play? And you know, for the Nastra, that game is just something different than than us, especially as we're working to on you know titling and steadiness, where that's a big piece. Sure. Um, you know, getting out and, you know, and I've got, um, our stud that we, um, out of our January litter. And he was also the stud from our, 
the litter we kept Rocky and Lily out of. He's got um, two Nastra Hall of Fame dogs in his pedigree. Mm. Um, the female ran in Nastra some. The um, you know we've got a national champion Nastra the um, you know second pedigree or generation back from our stud who we we owned as well. And she was a national champion for the Nastra. So we've got a lot of, sure. of, you know, hopefully you think that that stuff would carry forward and history within our pedigrees with it. But at this point, it's just not yeah. a game that I don't think it aligns with kind of what we're working on at the moment. Sure. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, I, I got to ask this so the, the two pups you, you kept recently out of a breeding you did, correct? Mm-hmm. What, uh, what made those two stand out to you? What, I, I'm most fascinated why people pick certain dogs. What what stood out to those dogs? It, it, this one is, is kind of a, a, a funny story. So we we'd already decided we were going to keep a female out of it. So it ended up being, and this was our 2021 litter. Um, yeah, 2021. So the we were going to keep a female out. It ended up being a litter of nine, had seven males and two females. Mm. So it was like, okay. You know, and we had already we done a contract with a family. They wanted to have pick of the litter. Sure. So um, it, we held true to it. And it was like, hey, whichever female you pick, we're taking the other one. Sure. And, and that's just how we ended up with her. Okay. But the day that those dogs whelped, there was just this little male. And uh, I don't know what the only puppy that I, we took a photo looking back. The only out of all those pups, it, there was a photo of me holding that pup right okay. after he was whelped. Right. <laughs> And uh, something about that little dude just kept pulling on my heartstrings. <laughs> and I, I finally told Beth, I was like, you know, this is the ugliest pup I've ever seen, but we've got to keep this dog. I, I can't let him go. She was like, I already knew you weren't going to let him go. But, so, And I call him ugly mm-hmm. to this day. So, you know, so many years in the army, I like symmetry. I like sure. things to be dress right dress. And he doesn't have a, he's, he's got a liver head. He's got, he's ticked up. He has no patches, but he's got this blaze. It comes down his nose, but it doesn't come down the middle. It kind of fades off to one side a little bit. So he's, he's not symmetrical to me. It's ugly. So, but, oh, I appreciate your, I so appreciate your honesty. I'm just glad you didn't give me the fluffy, like, oh, you know, the independence. And this is why, you know, oh, no. it's just like. No, Rocky is like, somebody's got to love you. It might as well be me. <laughs> but but uh, we joke and, and say that, you know, from the beginning, once you realize it, you know, that, that dog, it was like when I'd go to the, the welcome box to, to get one, because we were big about handling them. And, and especially in those first you know several weeks, and that would be the one that he'd, whatever, he'd come over and greet me at the thing. And it, that's the one I just sit there in the evening and, and cuddle with. And so we joke that, you know, he's my emotional support dog. But in all reality, I have become his emotional support human. Back when, when I was putting the uniform on and going to work every day, Beth would call, your dog has not stopped whining. Oh, no. He's crying. And if if I was anywhere but with him, he, and to this day, he's gotten a little better about it recently, but he whines and cries. He has to be with me at all times. And uh, she was, I was like, well, he's quiet when I'm there. She's like, yeah, because you're there. So I was like, you're just trying to talk trash about my dog. Yeah. Leave him alone. <laughs> Poor Rocky. This is Rocky, right? Yeah, Rocky. Poor Rocky. Poor Rocky. <laughs> Poor buddy. Oh, You'll send me a picture of his uh, of his head later. I want to yeah, see no, this. I'll, I'll shoot you his un- unsymmetrical uh, <laughs> face is, of his. But he's, a be- he's the only one that, so I've 
all the dogs, he's the only one that he sleeps on the on the floor by my bed. That yeah. we we uh, put the rest of them in crates during the night. Sure. And um, but he's the only one. He that gets permission he, outside. He he gets wow. permission outside. He he. I don't know that he's ever spent a night in a crate. Wow. <laughs> it's just uh, that's he's special. My, he's my boy. That's special. <laughs> Oh man, that's awesome. You got, uh, kind of transition to hunt the hunting side. You got any, any fall trips planned? You, do you try to get out of state at all? What are your, what are your hunting plans? Are you just busy with the rock in the kennel? Yeah, no, we are definitely 100% this year trying to, to enjoy some freedom and some time that I have not had for 20 some mm-hmm. years and, uh, get out and do some hunting for sure. I'm looking at, we're going to Michigan, do some grouse okay. and then headed out West. Um, the, which is real exciting. We're going back to um, October 27th, 28th, that last weekend of October. We've been asked to come and put on or help put on with a uh, training seminar back it's called Hunt the Highlands in Bath County, Virginia. So okay. kind of close to where I'm from. Oh, cool. um, they've got a, it's a, you know, there's a good bit of grouse hunting there. It's kind of like sure. not one of those really spoken about or known about things, but um, really excited to that. Hopefully stick around for a little bit and nice. hang out with family and, yeah. and chase some grouse there. And then, um, trying to talk our, our friends from Enixshook to come down and, and let me take yeah. one a bird hunt out yeah. West somewhere. I said, Oh, get Brian, get Brian down here. I, I'm trying. He's, uh, I was on the phone with him this, this last week. So we're doing, I'm putting on a training seminar here, um, in Indiana coming up, looking at September timeframe and having those guys come down and, and do it, uh, a nutrition and fueling piece. Oh, cool. I want the, the seminar to kind of be a holistic look. Um, so, you know, fueling and nutrition of dogs and then the actual training piece. And then I've, um, we've got a buddy, we're trying to work timing or not. Who's an actual vet. It's come in and do some bird dog trauma oh, type cool. training. Yeah. And so kind of a holistic look of, you know, how to feed your dog, how sure. to train it and how to care for it. If something goes wrong in the field, oh, that's brilliant. Deal. So that, that's, something you're, that's something you're looking to put on in, in, in yes, sir. Okay. That'd be yeah. awesome. And so I know Brian's going to be down here for that. Um, and, uh, I may have to kidnap him and, yeah. and take Br- him out West. Bring him out west. I was going to say, bring him out West. If we can plan it in September when the, uh, when the avalanche start, we'll take him to a hockey game, show him some good hockey. And, uh, that would be awesome. Do a little, do a little bird hunting. <laughs> That would be awesome. <laughs> he's he's only he's only been following those uh, those penguins in uh, in Pittsburgh, so we gotta yeah. we gotta change that. We gotta get him right. <laughs> get him right. I'm, ta- I'm telling you, I'm talking to you. Indiana doesn't even have a hockey team, but no. Uh, and I, I grew up. I'm not a bit. I have no loyalties when it comes to to hockey. Sure, so sure. I'll talk fair, trash to anybody. Fair enough. <laughs> okay, yeah. Here you, you just jump on the Avs bandwagon. There's plenty of room. We will accept you with open arms. Hey, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Done. You are you are one one of us. Um, no, that'd be fun. I've uh, I've been rocking a Nookshook for quite a while now, and it's uh, you're doing some resale stuff, right? Uh, some of the um, a Nookshook dealer yeah we we are um and i'm telling you what we had been with another brand for for years and i was ordering a pallet of food every six weeks i mean we were just burning through with the dogs we're just on you know twice a day recommended feeding i couldn't keep weight on them Mm -hmm. and uh good buddy he just he started bellevue kennels but kenton bryant down out of nashville tennessee he's like hey check this out and have you you know, tried this. He was like, I just put my dogs on it. I'm seeing really good results because he was having the same problems that I was. Sure. Um, and so we did a little test with it and I mean, couldn't have asked for better results. And so switched the whole kennel over and it, it is, I'm telling you, I wish I had known about it a lot sooner, yeah. a lot earlier. Yeah. Um, 
just for, you know, the health, what we're seeing out of the dogs, recovery time in the field, yeah. the ability to keep weight on them. Just, it, I can't say enough good about it. Um, so we did, we, we went ahead and, um, you know, put all of our dogs on it and I'm not willing to sell or get behind a, a product that we're not using ourselves. Sure. We don't of fully believe in. And so, um, you know, had a pallet sent down, so we're reselling it and, Everybody I talk to and every dog that goes out of here, you know, if it's one of ours or yeah. even training dogs, I've had people come in and it's like, let me, let me, you know, let's do a test sure. we'll, on us. We'll put them on in while they're here. And every one of them have left. Yeah. Can I get a bag when we, yeah. when I it's, leave? It's and, good stuff, man. I, I, I try not to hype it too much, but <laughs> I know they're a sponsor of the podcast, which I'm, I'm stoked about, but it's, uh, again, I, I was using it before. They were a sponsor of the show yeah. and it's, it's just been a really quality food. Um, I just switched mine over in summertime. I switched mine over to the 26, 16. I got, I got Brittany's summertime that works really well for them. And then come September, I put them back on the, on the mid-level one. So do you do something yeah. similar or do you kind of keep them on one throughout the year? It, we've got a dog on every formula right now, except for the Marine 16. We've got okay. a, a little field cocker that we run the Marine 25 on, and then we've got some that are on the 2616, the 3025, and the 3232. Okay. So you're all over the board. Um, <laughs> we are. And, and that's one of the things that I do like if I've, you know, so we've got a dog that I've entered into kind of a, a training cycle. So he's spending more time in the field than he was and started seeing, okay, hey, you know, I, you look like you're losing a little weight. So I bumped him up to 32, 32 and you know, the ability to do that. And it's so yeah. seamless yeah, yeah. and take That's him back. Nice. It, it, it is, you know, for the hunt test side, it, it's hot. We did one mother's day weekend. Um, you know, that they're long days They're They're going to be burning the calories. So we went ahead and preemptively, you know, the week before we bumped him up 32, 32, mm. kept him on it through it yeah. and then brought him back down to 30, 20 or yeah, 30, 25. And, and you know, no ill effects. They, they performed well. And, uh, you know, I'm not having to supplement with the peanut butter and, and other things that sure. I would do in the past to try to give them that, that energy and the calories that they need to get through a long yeah. weekend like that. No, it's, it's quality stuff. Like, like you're saying, it's, uh, I wish, wish I've, I've, I knew about sooner and it sounds like you're in the same boat, but it's a, it's a quality food for sure. Yeah. Um, well, David, I think we're going to start, uh, kind of wrapping this thing up. We're going to start turning the corner. I got a couple more, a couple more questions for you as we, uh, right. as we bring this thing home. But, uh, one of the things I like to kind of uh, ask everyone on here is kind of our staple question is, you know, what's some advice you would give to a new hunter, uh, someone new who's starting out, uh, maybe they, they got some young bird dogs. Maybe they're just getting started in this, this, maybe they're getting started in the field trial game or the hunt test game or hunting, whatever it might be. What's, what's some advice you would give someone out there? Have fun. It is first one, right? Don't, don't get so serious about it that, that it, you allow it to steal the joy that having a dog in the field and working and spending that time in God's beautiful creation can be, sure. don't, don't allow the, the, you know, going out and having to, 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 you know, shoot your limit or to put birds in the bag. Don't, don't let it become so about that, that you leave the field and you're feeling unrewarded or unfulfilled because of that. Sure. Um, and I think, you know, another, if I may, would just stay humble, right? Learn because everybody out there has something. They can teach you something. If they've sure. been in the field a day, two days, or, or 50 years, right, go out there and ask questions. Open minds and, and just listen and, and learn. And, um, and I think if you, you do those two things right there, you're setting yourself and, and your dog up probably more importantly for a, 
a long life of, of good times in the field and successful hunts. And, you know, success can be measured by a multitude of different ways by every single individual. Sure. But at the end of the day, when you make it about going out there and enjoying it, having fun and, you know, been out there with that, that battle buddy that that's going to love you like nobody else. Sure. That you're going to leave, you know, successful at the end of that day. Yeah. Dude, that's great. That's we could, we could end right there and that'd be <laughs> mic drop <laughs> moment, man. Come on. <laughs> Um, all right, brother, we're going to, uh, a couple rapid fire questions here. Um, kind of, uh, kind of go through these, just give me your kind of, you know, off the cuff answer. Um, <laughs> if I need to explain something a little more, I'll, uh, I'll have you do that. But, uh, for you, David, uh, what came first, the dog, the gun or the bird? I say the, the bird, the bird. bird okay. Um, yeah, I grew up as I said, small game, big game hunting and just that, that first, you know, rise of that, that bird against the sun. It was just like, man, mm. caught the bug. Mm. And then uh, from there, it was, it was on. Guns were always a thing, but until, you know, the bird sure. and the bird dog, you know, then it didn't really get into the, you know, this over under, this side, but this and the, you know, the shotgun side of things. Sure. But, Absolutely. So. Love that. Yeah. Those, those, those pheasants have a, have a way of doing that, even though they are hard, <laughs> they are hard little things, man. They, they are smart. They are <laughs> yeah. tough. But uh, I think, I, I know I, I remember seeing my first pheasant rise as well for the first flush on that. And it, it stands out. It's just, they, they got some size yeah. to them, the color, they're beautiful. Um, so yeah, I can, yeah. I can see how that would be. That'd be a thing. Um, what gun are you carrying into the field and why? It depends on what we're hunting and where I, okay. I'd say, um, you know, around here we do a lot of preserve hunts. So, um, a lot of times I go with the 20 gauge. I, if I'm shooting the 20, I do a, a CZ wing shooter elite and a funny story about that one. Since the anniversary, my wife and I are coming back <laughs> or is about to, about to hit <laughs> nice. the, uh, ended up with a matched pair of those. Uh, oh, nice. yeah. Uh-oh. yeah. On accident I, or purpose? <laughs> I needed a new gun, but I couldn't justify buying myself a new gun with the anniversary coming down the way. So <laughs> we just get her one too. <laughs> is that, is that like a free, is that free marriage advice right there? <laughs> That's it. Okay. Hey, hey find it. Find a woman who bird hunts and likes guns and then just, just always buy two. Just buy good. two. <laughs> just buy two. It's the best advice I've heard in a long time. <laughs> it, it saved me. Oh man. <laughs> the, oh. And then if I'm, you know, if I'm hunting some, some pheasant or whatnot, I, I've got a Beretta 687 silver pigeon five that okay. I'll take 12 gauge and um, a little heavier, but I know that they, <laughs> they get up, it'll put them back down. <laughs> sure. So. <laughs> that's good man that's good um this one kind of goes it's a new one i'm, I'm actually gonna throw in here I'll pick one gauge you use for the rest of your life 20 gauge 20 okay i i kind of i kind of got that vibe when we were talking i was like you're a 20 gauge guy i don't know i don't know something about yeah, you it, it's just kind of to me it's that versatile yeah. gauge i can i can go after just about anything with it and yeah. uh you so, know, you, you have to be more selective. If, if pheasant, you got to be yeah. a little more selective with shots. You really do. But <laughs> I've, I've, that's all part of yeah, it. I've, I've thrown up some hail marys in my days, and it's you know yeah. just kind of kind of say a little prayer and be like, I hope that nope, that bird's not coming down. Nope, <laughs> it's not happening. Um, all right, favorite bird to hunt and why? Ah, uh, for me, I, I would say I'd have to go with quail. Okay. I truly would love the, the, you know, the flush and the rise of a rooster, you know, pheasant coming up and just, just that. But I think that the quail, there's a, nothing like a, a get into a big covey and that covey explosion hmm. coming up and, 
you know, they're, they're, they'll zig when they, you think they're about to zag and <laughs> just kind of a little difficulty to it. But, uh, yeah. you know, I, I would say quail. Okay. Love it. Um, this one I just threw in here for us. Uh, this is specifically for you. Uh, uh-huh. Pick between the two, NAVDA or AKC Hunt Tests. Which one are you going to pick? <laughs> uh akc <laughs> akc okay yeah the, uh, yeah i've got some some i still have questions we do the navda you know and but i still have some questions and kind of like uh, validity of some of the stuff or okay. what we call some of the stuff but okay yeah I, it's all great training sure but uh I, I would i would have to go akc okay love it uh just a couple more here uh your go-to snack on a hunting trip yeah um Whatever Beth packs me. <laughs> Surprise with what's ever in, in the cooler. Yeah, she she's great. Um, I can never leave here without a bunch of gummy snacks and Belvedas. And so I'd say typically, usually in an ammo pouch somewhere, I've got a Belveda and a and a gummy fruit snack that she's. So are you, she's are you saying Belveda like Velveeta cheese? It, no, no, sorry, Belveda, the oh. little breakfast. Oh, oh, so, so you're saying yeah. Belveda? I was like, oh, wow, no. he's packing cheese slices. No, no, no. <laughs> I was that would be a first. That would be a first. Yeah. Although I I, I would sit in a tree stand for deer and I have been known to pack some uh, some cheddar packed uh, venison summer sausage. Oh yeah, that's that's a different story. That's that's the bomb yes. right there. That's awesome. <laughs> um one I one I just passed over here. Favorite breed of dog besides the ones you own personally. Oi. Yeah. Mm. Or have ever owned. That or have ever owned. Um, well, there goes quite a few. The uh, I had something I have gotten a, a grown a lot of respect for here last little bit, and uh, I'll never admit it to his face, but our small English pointers. Hmm. So they are, you know, big running dogs, and that uh, you know, my buddy Darrell Smith. We always well, our argument is always the you know long tail dogs versus short tail dogs, but. <laughs> sure. uh, I told him we we did the Hunt the Highlands event last year together, and I told him I was like, "You ever tell somebody, I'm gonna have to come whoop you." But uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I might could see a long tail dog in, in my future. Yeah, okay. Those, yeah, those pointers, man. They have there's something special about them. They are beautiful. Yeah. They are kind of the yeah, you know the yeah. the king of the big running dogs. So they they're they're pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, last one. Beverage of choice after a hunt. Yeah. For me, it's. I drink about two things around here. It's either coffee or water. <laughs> there you go. There <laughs> so, you go. I guess depending on how long the day has been. Or, or, or how, how hot or how cold it is out. <laughs> That's it. I oh, love it. But, uh, love it. Yeah, man. no, I don't I don't drink a lot of uh, soft drinks. I do typically for in the field if it's a, you know, earlier hunt or you know, um, warm weather or whatnot. And I think it maybe it was uh, – your episode with uh, old Borderland Upland. Oh yeah, yeah. I do keep P- I do keep Pedialyte around. Okay, I there you go. Put yeah. some of that back. But. There you go. I just, I just found some Pedialyte in my garage fridge the other day. I think my wife bought some for one of the kids for something. I was like, oh yeah, I remember that Pedialyte. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I use it a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's smart, man. It's smart. Or uh, who is it? Who said Propel? You remember Propel? Oh, yeah. I think, yeah, I think I they still make it a little bit. Um, yeah. Who was it? Was it Cal, Cal Hardy, maybe, or someone else? They they drink pro- Propel. I'm like, that's still a thing? <laughs> no, they even yeah. that still. <laughs> like, it's one of those big for a while. I know. Kind of you don't hear about. Then, then you don't like, hear about it. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, David, this has been a blast, man. How can people uh, follow along? I know you're putting out a lot of um, social media content, all the kind of good stuff. Do you have a website? Uh, how can people kind of follow along your journey? 
Yeah, no, we appreciate that question. Um, so we do, we, we've got a website we run, um, fitpointbirddogs.com. And then um, probably our, our biggest, I spend more time on the Instagram, um, fitpointbirddogs underscore between the fit and the point. Um, and then, you know, social media or, excuse me, uh, Facebook as well, Faith and Point Bird Dogs. Sure. And, um, you know, those are it. And I always say all the time, I, I've, I feel like I've, at times I need a secretary. I'm overrun with, with messages and, sure. and I do the best I can to get back to people as soon as I can. But if anyone ever, you know, has a question, something I've put out or, you know, something about the dogs, about the NX shook, um, about what we do or, you know, about the Lord, I say all the time, I can talk to you off about two things. That's the Lord and bird dogs. So uh, <laughs> there you go. There you don't go. hesitate to, to reach out to us if you, if you, you know, got a question or a comment or anything else. Love it, man. Love it. Well, David, thanks for your time, man. I loved uh, kind of picking your brain on, on some training, getting to know your backstory, uh, how you started faith in the point bird dogs, all that stuff, man. It's been, uh, it's been a blast. Thanks for uh, sitting down and doing this with us. No, I cannot thank you enough for the opportunity. Like I said, I, I genuinely, uh, do appreciate it. And like I said, I've been looking forward to it for quite some time. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. You were, you were long overdue. <laughs> you were long overdue. <laughs> been on my, been on my short list for a long time and, uh, I'm glad we could finally, finally make it work. So thank you. No, thank you. Right, like man. I said, uh, and I will be working on Brian. We're, we're going to have to make a trip out there. Yeah, absolutely. I would love that. That would be, that'd be fun. If you get out West, uh, give me a holler. would love to, uh, if you're, if you're close enough to Colorado, I'd love to try to meet up with you. And Yeah, no, I definitely would. Real quick before we go, how far are you out from Colorado Springs area? Uh, so I'm north of the Springs, um, probably an hour from the Springs. We're just south of Denver. Shoot, I got my best buddy in the world is stationed out there at Colorado Springs. He oh, was just cool. here uh, a couple weekends ago okay. or whatnot. So oh, nice. definitely got a trip planned out to get him on some birds this, yeah. this fall. Oh, so, absolutely, uh, man. I'd yeah, you let you let me know. I, be out yeah, there for I, that. I got um, yeah, definitely. I've gotten into the uh, mountain blue grouse uh, here in the last couple of years, and those those have been a ton of fun. Um, yeah, definitely Kansas, Nebraska, all that good stuff. So we got we got some bird hunting out here. We'll uh, love to get you on some. We'll be that way. All right, brother. Well, you take care. Have a great rest of your uh, your day. Happy Father's Day, and uh, hope we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks, Happy man. Father's Day to you as well. Thanks. Yep. Well, that is a wrap of episode 89 with David Stover from Faith in the Point Kennels. David, thank you so much, man. Um, It was a blast catching up with you, getting to know your story more. Um, Thanks for just sharing your perspective, sharing your faith as well, man. Um, That's something uh, I probably don't even talk about enough on this podcast, but thank you just for uh, opening up about your kennel, your passion, um, and some of your values that uh, you crafted when making this business in kennel. So thanks for that. Hey guys, um, if you're enjoying the podcast, head on over, leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can also support the podcast by joining uh, and becoming a Patreon patron or Patreon patron member. <laughs> I think that's how you say it. I don't know. I don't know how you say it. I don't know the correct term, but you can support the podcast heading over there uh, for as little as five bucks a month. Um, I have different tiers of a five dollar, ten dollar a month, uh, and higher tier. Um, if you want to support the podcast, if you've been enjoying it, um, would love for you to consider becoming a member. Not necessary though. If, if that's not you and you just want to leave a rating and review, or you want to share the podcast on social media, that's awesome. But if you do want to support the podcast in a financial way, head over to patreon.com slash the Upland rookie podcast. Um, all money goes back into the podcast, um, subscription fees, hosting fees, equipment, all that kind of stuff merch stickers goes into purchasing all that kind of stuff so 
Um, if you want to consider becoming a member, head on over there. Greatly appreciate it. Um, but again, you can support the podcast in different ways, sharing it on social media, um, leaving rating and reviews, all the kind of good stuff, or just telling your buddy about it. Just tell your friend. Say, hey, if you want to check out a podcast, head on over to Upland Rookie, subscribe, all that good stuff. Until then, go put some miles on those boots and follow your favorite bird dog. Take care.